Chuck Brantley, he's the latest Spartan to come back to Michigan State from the portal. Also, Michigan State basketball wins whew, a heart-pumping game against Indiana State. That's right, the spicy Sycamores, but whew, that was relieving. All right, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started then. If you're going to do that, make sure you're taking Dallas when they are at home in prime time because you thought the NFL wasn't going to make sure things worked out for the Cowboys. Grow up. All right. We're not going to talk about that game, though. Uh, we're going to talk about all things Michigan State on this show, starting with the news before the weekend. Charles Brantley, the latest Spartan to come back to Michigan State after dipping his toes in the transfer portal. This is something that Chuck Brantley was pretty transparent about when he entered in early December, saying as much on Twitter that he was going to keep his options open. And he got some interest from Boston College, some from Mississippi State, but Michigan State is home and this is where he returned. And yes, as we all know, this is the second time of the calendar year that he has went in the transfer portal and came out. But truly, I that doesn't really rub me the wrong way. Sure, the spring was one thing. He dipped in. He got right back out. I can see why after what happened in the fall, a new coaching staff pops up. There is NIL deals left and right for anyone and everyone that enters a transfer portal. You might as well go see what you're worth out there. Yeah, well, why not just dip your toes with the new coaching staff in place? Now, if he was doing this every single portal cycle during the same coaching staff year in and year out, that gets a little tired, but no, I'm not as bothered with the Brantley entering the portal for the second time this year. It was a unique circumstance surrounding this season. So forgive the kid for spending a few weeks to see what else was out there and realizing that, hey, Michigan State is the best place for him. Uh, now, Chuck Brantley last year just played in three games, 120 snaps, and we get things wrong on this podcast, and we get things right on this podcast. Sometimes they're fun things we get right, but unfortunately, that, that was that was one of the things that we were saying last offseason that unfortunately came true, is that, yes, Chuck Brantley, okay, solid quarterback with experience, right? If not for nothing else, that's a body with four functioning limbs that you could send out there. However, however, he gets hurt a lot, He especially with his frame, too, just six feet maybe just 130 pounds soaking wet, it looks like. He lays the wood as if he is Ray Lewis in his prime out there on defense, and his body just cannot withstand it. So last year, yeah, just three games, the first three games of the year, 120 defensive snaps, and then, yeah, that was it for him. So what are we getting back out of Chuck Brantley? Other than just, hey, the great highlights that we saw with that one-handed interception against Michigan in 2021. Any excuse? To pull that video up is welcomed by me. But if not for nothing else for this team, can he start over Chance Rucker, a freshman that got some good run last year that kind of impressed a lot of us as a true freshman, really? Or Dylan Tatum, should he stay at that true cornerback position and not move to nickel or anything? 
Does he win a starting job back over any of those two guys? Maybe, maybe not. I'm going to lean towards maybe not, but look, it, it, it is depth. I mean, we just literally saw it last year and the year before that and kind of a little of the year before that as well. That depth is very important all over the field, but of course, as we saw, with the secondary. So I get that people out there are looking at the PFF grade that Brantley got last year, which was, I believe, 59.1, which isn't like Sterling. It's not, it's not going to get you on the all big 10 list by any stretch of the imagination. But look, I, it, it's, it's nice to have a guy with experience coming into his fourth year of college football than it would be to, I don't know, kind of what we did last year and try to get some former walk-ons from other Big Ten programs to kind of fill in the void for cornerback depth. So, look, I'm not going to pop champagne and say yes. That's right. Sauce Gardner is coming back to East Lansing. Like, it's, it's Chuck Brantley, old friend Chuck Brantley. And, yeah, he's experienced with the program. And, look, it's, 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 it's one to be celebrated. Okay. All right. So that, that's where I kind of lean on there. Now that's not all we're going to talk about with defensive backs in the transfer portal because before the weekend, Rod Hurd, you may have never heard of him. No, Oh, no pun intended. Actually, I got myself good there. God, that was the corniest line I ever could have said. And I didn't even catch myself until after I said it, Rod Hurd, please don't, please don't stop the show after that comment. Thanks guys. Uh, Northwestern cornerback, Big Ten honorable mention last year. This is a guy that Michigan State offered before the weekend as well. Farmington Hills native, too. So you got to like that. Some homegrown talent right here. But speaking of homegrown, this will be a tough one for Michigan State to land. Michigan has offered. I doubt that these will be the only two Power 5 teams that offer. But, yes, we talked about Penny Boone. Before this week, the homegrown kid from Detroit running back out of Toledo. He wants to hear from Michigan State. He wants to hear from Michigan. I'm sure Rod heard a guy from Michigan, Metro Detroit area. He wants to hear from those two programs as well. So just another name to throw in your little bulletin board over there. And in other portal news, kind of quiet right now. We're still waiting on Jacoby Winman, what his uh, decision will be. Zion Young, what his decision will be. But I got to say, we're going to keep echoing this. Jonathan Smith. Great job getting the players back from the portal. There's only one starter I think we've really lost from the portal, Spencer Brown. If you, if you ask me, after a year of watching Spencer Brown at right tackle, I'm not sure if I'm losing much sleep over that. God, that's so mean. <laughs> Hope he's getting a good NIL deal at Oklahoma. But, yeah, like that's not even one that I'm really fretting uh, about losing. So this is some really good talent retainment from Jonathan Smith so far. And hey, speaking of Jonathan Smith, Spartans Illustrated, the fine folks at Spartans Illustrated, go subscribe to those beautiful people over there. David Harnes had a really nice piece. Uh, let a lot of people inside the program speak anonymously so that their names wouldn't be used and they could speak candidly and openly about the Jonathan Smith regime, which is almost a month in. Now, you got to pay for Spartans Illustrated. They're very nice. They let me talk about their stuff all the time. But I'm not going to give every single thing away here because there was a lot of great info in here on recruiting, transfers, meshing the old staff with the new staff, what's coming next for Jonathan Smith, great stuff like that. But there are two quotes that I just wanted to pull out really quick to give you a flavor of what that story is. And I thought it was interesting, too, that Michael Doctor, uh, if you don't know his name, 
Of course you don't. You'd be a crazy state fan to know what his name is or what he does at the top of your head. He's a director of recruiting and player relations and someone inside the staff that has been carried over from the last staff to this new one has said, quote, these guys work harder than anyone I've ever seen. So if you thought the last staff was chopping away left and right during the calendar, the whole calendar year, well, they're even ramping it up a little more. Also about Jonathan Smith, this was from an anonymous staffer as well. Quote, he cares. Even though he's getting paid, it's still clear that he cares. A guy that has no connection to our program cares to build a good program. So it's just great tidbits like that from Spartans Illustrated. Overall positive too. I mean, even though they got to speak in secrecy, not hearing a lot of bad things about Jonathan Smith. So yes, I can't. Can you even hit a harder home run than Jonathan Smith has in this first month at Michigan State? I, I'm sure I guess you could have brought on like Walter Nolan and a ton of other top flight transfers. So I got like from recruiting, from transfers to just building this program and getting guys back and showing them that yes, Michigan State is still the place for you. I, I don't know what else this guy can do. Uh, really quick here. This was a correction pointed out uh, at me from listener Jonah on Twitter last week. And even before that, we were talking about the offensive line and some transfer targets. We got Josh Preview of Northwestern. We got Luke Newman, the Holy Cross transfer. And then I would also name Spencer Holstege as well, the UCLA interior lineman. That is from Michigan. Listener Jonah pointed out that uh, about a week and a half ago, Spencer Holstege actually, well, did what a lot of Spartans have done, pulled his name out of the transfer portal. So he is going back to UCLA. That flew completely over my head, so thank you, listener Jonah, for pointing that out. And also, if you have your fancy little transfer bulletin board at your home, go ahead and take Spencer Holstege's name out of there. All right, we're going to be talking a little bit of basketball here in a hot second because I'm I'm still I'm still fanning myself off from that game against Indiana State. But first, need to talk your ears off about FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose. That's right. If you just want to throw a prayer out there, you like an NFL team this weekend that is massive underdogs and you want to throw a fiver on them to see if you can get something on a, I don't know, plus 330 money line if there's a spread that nuts out there. Go for it because if you lose, you're still going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets. Gang, FanDuel is the greatest sports book out there. That's where I do all of my action at and won quite a bit in the Lions-Cowboys game. Hey, go Lions, but please, again, let's all grow up. The NFL is not going to let the Cowboys lose that game. So, yes, we profited over there. So, thank you, Mr. FanDuel, for all your offerings as well. This app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays, the live bets that are always happening at FanDuel. And, hey, if you want to make a parlay, go to the Parlay Hub. It is the best way to find the popular parlays on their app. So, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Whew. All right. That's a sigh of relief after watching Michigan State's game against Indiana State because I, I know we talked up and down last week a little bit. Maybe not up and down, but just a little bit here and there. And yeah, Indiana State, they're 11-1. That's a really good team. Probably a lot better than Tom Izzo was ever hoping that they would be when he scheduled this non-conference game. 
But then we were like, okay, well, this is why they're 11-1. They haven't really beat a quad one team or even a quad two team. They haven't really faced a good defense yet, yada, yada, yada. Well, I said that. I woke up Saturday terrified of that game. And, oh, my God, when uh, when Michigan State's down five with about 11 minutes to go in the game, and Indiana State cannot physically stop hitting three-pointers, um, <laughs> Oh, I just—I almost just started crying on the recliner, holding my uh, my newborn child. Uh, but no, we, we tightened things up. We kept it under control here. But yes, guys, they did it. 87-75 Michigan State win. That's right. When uh, some teams in this state are losing to McNeese State because, well, a Long Beach State loss wasn't enough for that program, apparently. Other teams are taking care of business in their late December non-conference games. God, this team bit the floor didn't they? Like, they just bit the floor and got it done. Um, this, this was nice. And we're going to talk about what this means, okay? But first of all, we're going to talk about, like, just the intangibles of what this means, even before getting into what this means for tournament and stuff like that. Quad one win or not. Just the intangible stuff, what this means. That was just a sigh of relief. It, and it was nice to win one of those games finally, because how many times this year have we seen Michigan State, okay, have a nice little second half comeback, and then, hey, they're up a point, or, oh, they're just down two points, they're so close to taking that lead back, or the lead for the first time at some points this season, like, I don't know, the Duke game, the Arizona game, the Wisconsin game, that James Madison game, they've had a lot of these fake second half comebacks where they just kind of fizzle out when it's really crunch time, but ah, 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 no, Finally, they actually, actually bared down, batting on the hatches, and got that win. Now, what jazzes me the most about this is to who delivered this win for Michigan State. Yes, everyone had a hand in this one, but it was the three horsemen of Malik Hall, A.J. Hogart, and Tyson Walker combining for 57 points. This is is why Michigan State came into the year ranked in the top five. This is why that I got very emotional, borderline hysterical, after some of the early season losses because of the experience on this team, namely with those three guys I just named, Hall, Hogard, Walker. They're all 23 years old. They are all seasoned veterans, ancient dinosaurs in college basketball. And yet they just couldn't get it done in the start of the year. But this time, they gritted their teeth and they got it done. So refreshing to see that unfold for their fourth straight win over here as we go into Big Ten play yet again against Penn State on Thursday. But hey, let's go down the list here and talk about the key performers from this Saturday's game. Tyson Walker, 22 points, 5 assists, 10 of 10 from the line. And I can only remember one of those free throws even hitting the rim. It was his last one, his 10th one, but he was flawless from the line. And it is about time that we get a gem of a Tyson Walker performance. And then the team actually wins the game. You know, this isn't just throwing away his outing against James Madison or was like, no, 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 this, this, this was nice. This was actually nice to see the team rally around Tyson as well. Malik Hall, what? The, I'm sorry, the closer Malik Hall. 18 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, he will accept all of your apologies whenever you guys want, but why are we calling him the closer? Because 11 of those 18 points 
came in the final eight minutes of the game when, gang, it's time to flicker the lights on and off. It's time to go. It's time to get these Sycamores out of here. Fine. I'll score at will. And he kind of did. 11 points in the final eight minutes. Let me say that one more time. A.J. Hogarth, 17 points and a massive moment in the second half, too. It was dynamite. It was a much, much needed bucket. Down one. Okay. Michigan State has been in the bonus at the 14-minute mark. They're in the double bonus around, what was it, the 12 or 11-minute mark? Someone please go downhill and attack the basket, and that is what A.J. Hogarth did with the and one to take the two-point lead, and Michigan State never looked back from that lead. Jaden Akins, 13 points and nine of those points in the first half. He got cooking early on. And we've seen Jaden Akins kind of take a rise here. It's been a slow start to the season. Kind of like how it was a slow start to the season for him last year. But that that was a, that was a useful first half because, well, Michigan State went into the break up 10 points. Sure, they saw that dissolve rather, rather quickly in the second half. But you don't get to have the opportunity to only come back from five if you don't take a 10-point lead into halftime. Now, one more player I do want to highlight, Mati Sissoko. And, guys, I get it. I, I, it's, it's not fun on offense and it will never be fun on offense. Uh, late in the game, I believe it was, oh, is Tyson Walker found him on a pick and roll pretty much wide open in the middle of the lane. A pass to him goes off his hands and out of bounds. And I almost involuntarily threw my sleeping baby through the roof of my house because I was just so angry that he just dropped another one of those passes. But I did not. I, 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 I toned those urges down. I did not throw my baby. I, I just sat there in silence. I let him sleep. I, but I almost gritted my teeth just down to the gums after that happened. Um, that's right. Not nominate me for father of the year. But um, what does have to be said is his effort on the glass. This will not be ignored. 12 rebounds for Mati Sissoko, eight of them in the second half. And also I want to point out what happened in the first half. Three offensive boards in the first half. The team as a whole in the first half had 13 second chance points. I want to point this out as well. The free throws. That's right, the freebies, baby. Michigan State uh, came into the season. Not, not good, not good. Not good as a team. 67% shooting from the stripe. They were 23 of 27 from the line. And, of course, that gets a nice little push because Michigan State truly was in the bonus with 14 minutes left in the second half. But we've seen this team, I feel like even dating back to last year, they'll get in the bonus with like nine minutes to go. 10 minutes to go, and, and they just won't take advantage of it. But not, not, not the case today on this Saturday. So what does this actually mean? Does this mean anything on paper? Well, Tom Izzo certainly uh, seems to think so. He said, quote, not very often do I beat a team that isn't a Power 5 team and not only feel good, but think that the win will help us. This will be a big win for us because it was a very good team. Now that, that he's right. And look, I'm just going to jump ahead here. Uh, I, I already know I'm going to make the mistake of putting Indiana State in my Sweet 16, if not even a little further when the brackets come out, because whew, tell me that they aren't going to blitz whatever five seed or whatever four seed they will be up against when the tournament starts. I pray for whoever that team is. But back to the Michigan State side of things. What this means is that I, Michigan State slides further and further away from the bubble. 
on the right side of it, of course, uh, because a few weeks ago before the Baylor game, Joe Lenardi of ESPN did not even have Michigan State on his bracket, not even in the first four out, not even in the next four out. Okay, things changed. He dropped a bracketology the day after Christmas, and Michigan State is, is an 11 seed right now, one of the last buys. I'm not saying we should go flood Grand River and celebrate this and that, oh, we're so, we are back. Like, oh, we are, we're an elite program again. No, I, but we are getting more on the right side of that bubble. And this helps too, because as things stand right now, this win on Saturday against all odds was a quad one win for now. That is a fluid situation. So right now in the net rankings, Indiana State is 27th. For a home game to be a quad one win, that team has to be ranked inside the 30s. I'm sorry, within 30. One through 30. Could have said that a lot better. But this is a sliding scale throughout the season. Like, they could end the season 42nd. But that would still be a quad two win. So, regardless, it's going to be a good win for Michigan State unless the wheels fall completely off the Sycamores as they head to conference play over there in the Valley, which I, I'm i not an expert. I, I'm not an expert on Valley basketball, but I can't imagine – that they're going to be taking too many lumps here in conference play coming up. But, yeah, quad one win right now, probably going to be quad two by the end of the year. That's how I see that. Uh, All right, let's dive into the mailbag here to end this little show to get you into the rest of your week. These are just some fun mailbag questions that we had saved from last week. So, hey, if you want to bark out your answer in the YouTube comments below, if you want to let me know what you got to say at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, please do. Carter kicks things off with what is your favorite iteration of the MSU logo? And I'm so sorry I realized I did that the other day. But I'm still going to say it. Gruff Sparty. It's Gruff Sparty all day, all night. All right. I promise I won't repeat another question. I'm sorry about that, guys. Red Cedar Spartan writes in top three MSU games, any sport you've attended in person. I really wanted to like get cute and do any other sport because I saw my fair share of volleyball games covering that team back at the state news back in my heyday. And volleyball is an unbelievably lit sport. Like, that's fun. I covered some field hockey games. It's an okay sport. I did see my most gruesome field hockey, or no, I'm sorry, my most gruesome sports injury covering field hockey, though. This was circa 2012-ish, give or take a year. But girl winds up for a slap shot, and the defender in front of her falls down in front of the ball, but the girl ripping the slap shot did not have time to react to that, and she cracked the defender's face as hard as humanly possible on accident with the stick. But I've never seen play in any sport stop quicker than I did there. And the trainer's running a 4-2-40 out there uh, to tend to her face that was essentially split in half. I hope that girl's doing okay uh, these days. Because, yeah, that was I'm not going to put that in my top three moments. But, yeah, I, it's going to be football and basketball here. The Rose Bowl. That's always going to be on my list. I was very fortunate enough to go to the Rose Bowl. I was a senior back then. That was 10 years ago. I'm so old. I'm so washed now. Uh, The 2015 Oregon game at home will always hold a special place in my heart. I, I don't think I will ever go to a more electric game at Spartan Stadium than that one. Both teams in the top 10. Plenty of buzz around both both programs. It was standing in your seat. For three and a half straight hours. That was an unbelievable night. And thank goodness. Uh, what was the guy's name? Vernon Adams, I think the 
Yeah, Vernon Adams, the quarterback, um, missed that wide open receiver late in the game. That was great. Uh, all right, and then the last one. There's a there's a lot of good ones, a lot of good basketball games, football games. We're blessed as Michigan State fans to be able to attend a lot of great games. But give me the 2013 Champions Classic, number one versus number two, Michigan State versus Kentucky. That was a great one. We were with the Izone, basically hanging on to the banners in the rafters at United Center. But whoo, that was that was a nice one. Tyler writes in, what throwback uniforms would you bring back for Michigan State football? I'm going to go back to 2011. I know that a lot of people want to hear me say Kelly Greens, but eh. I don't know. Uh, give me the 2011 Pro Combat jerseys, though. Bring back bronze as an accent more and more. I, I'm not saying you know, make it the main uniform, but a little touch of bronze does not hurt things. Zeke's fan page writes in, what are the best conversation topics for in-laws who don't watch Michigan State sports? I would say something light, kind of like the Israeli uh and a Hamas situation over there. Just something light and something for the kids over there. No, I I always just gravitate to, hey, any travel coming up? Or uh, when they say, no, we don't have any travel coming up, then say, well, uh, want to watch a state game or you want to watch like the NFL game going on? So I'm really bad with conversation when it comes to outside Michigan State sports if travel falls flat right off the bat. And number two question, if you can make any non-revenue sport a national powerhouse, what would it be? It's volleyball. It, like volleyball is truly one of my favorite sports. Like it, it's fun to play. It's a blast to watch because there's so much action and there's a hype moment. Like every 10 or 15 seconds, they're celebrating all the time in volleyball. And I'm just watching Nebraska, Texas in the national title game this year. I'm thinking, man, what if, like what, what if MSU can just skyrocket themselves to that high? Because high level volleyball, especially when the whole fan base is involved, like Nebraska Huskers fans are for theirs. I, it is such a hype atmosphere for volleyball. So yeah, I, I got I got to go with volleyball. Look, baseball, I love you, but I'm gonna give volleyball the nod here. I think more state fans would be uh, happy with that as well. Upper deck, uh, sorry, upper deck jerk guy. Let me tripped up there. Upper deck jerk guy. Upper deck jerk guy writes in: Is it true that gingers have no soul? So I don't know how to answer that question because I, I people say I have blonde hair. People say I have red hair. So we'll call it a combination of both. So I. I like to think I at least have a half soul. Um, so that's my official answer, I, I guess. My, my dad has red hair. I like to think he has a soul as well. Um, now, another question. Where will Childs rank amongst Big Ten quarterbacks in 2024? And I'm going to kind of be a coward on it right now because there's so much that we don't know. Like, uh, can I put Will Howard on Ohio State's roster yet? Is he going to make triple of what his NIL deal was going to be anywhere else just because Ohio State is that clearly desperate for a quarterback after their Cotton Bowl performance? Maybe also is J.J. McCarthy going to come back, which I think is interesting that a lot of people just write it off as he's definitely going to go to the NFL. Even people in Michigan's brass, I feel, lean that way. I don't. If there's one thing that I know about the University of Michigan, if there's one thing I can say positive about them – is that they have a metric butt ton of money that they will just throw around. You're telling me that they won't make him a higher paid quarterback than any rookie going into their first year in the NFL next year if they really wanted to? Like I like I, I could very well see J.J. McCarthy coming back. And yes, I know we all have our J.J. McCarthy opinions, whatever, but I, he would give 
he would get a notch above Aiden Childs where things stand right now. So I'm going to be a coward here. I'm going to say Childs is in the upper half of Big Ten quarterbacks right now. I, I think that's safe to say. But, yes, as we get a clear picture here, hopefully at the end of January, maybe even uh, – that's fluid with the spring. But uh, people – or programs will know where they're at with their quarterbacks, ideally by the end of January. We'll get into that question a little more. Third question from Upper Deck Jerk Guy. How much would you pay an NIL to get Ricky White back? Speaking of, speaking of NIL, uh, <laughs> uh, Ricky White – 1,483 uh, receiving yards, 88 catches, and eight touchdowns for UNLV this year. Yeah, look, I, I know I don't have a lot to, a lot to offer personally from uh, my funds, but I would liquidate about half my 401k to get Ricky White back here for one more season, one final hurrah. And uh, you know what? Speaking of the good memories of the 2020 team with Ricky White, shout out to Rocky Lombardi, the Camellia Bowl MVP for his Northern Illinois Huskies to finish his career. And the last question from Upper Deck Jerk Guy, what's the realistic chance that Tyson Walker gets the John Wooden Award? As, as much as I want to be cheery and optimistic and say, ah, pretty good odds. Like The, the problem is in his own conference. It's Zach Eady. What's Eady putting up? It, like 30 points, 20 rebounds, 10 blocks a game, it seems like. So, no, I not, not only is Michigan State, I don't think, going to be that good enough of a team to get him notoriety for the John Wooden Award. I, I think that just Zach Eady, with his stats and how good Purdue is this year, I, I'd, I'd bet a lot of money on that guy to win the, the John Wooden Award. As thrilled as I am to say it. All right, game. Well, hey, this was fun. I really do appreciate all of you watching, all of you listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Everyone to reach out, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. You guys are quite simply all truly the best. Love every single one of you. Let's go into the new year with happiness and well, safety as well. Let's have a safe new year as well. But we will catch you guys here in a hot second. Next episode with Connor Muldowney. We break all the good, all the bad down from the last year of Michigan State Athletics. But until then, Hey, love you all. Go green. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.